Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying a management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Probably the most common failing I have seen with entrepreneurs is a failure to organize. Generally, they are production machines, often doing a lot of the work themselves and driven to succeed. But they don't build an organization under them, and this is why they often say they don't have a life. And frankly, they don't. They're all consumed with their enterprise and very often neglect the other important things in their lives, like their family or their own personal health or their spiritual well-being, or even the level of insanity in the society around them. They may be motivated to help and participate in these areas. It's not like they don't love their kids or something, or that they don't see what's going on in society and feel an urge to do something about it. The best entrepreneurs I know minimally make financial contributions to causes they consider worthy, because successful people are generally more aware and only a blind man could fail to see that the world around us could use a little help from the able and aware man and woman. But very often, the today's entrepreneur can't really make the time to get involved with the community as they would like to. They will make financial contributions. But very often, they really wish they could get more involved. And they should. We need them. But they just can't seem to get around to putting their team there and getting it organized. But at least they produce. Thank God for them and others like them. It is the producers of the world that are carrying the load right now. And believe me, that load can get pretty heavy. But people will survive in our culture to the degree that we have producers and not a bit more. And they should be better supported probably. And uh, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons we do this podcast is to support the producers. But there's another extreme where the quote entrepreneur end quote, and I put this in quotation marks advisedly because one could barely call them that because they never really get out of the gate because they do nothing but organize. I see this a lot with startups of anything, you know, businesses, nonprofits, uh, even volunteer groups, you know, some guys seem to be able to, they sit around and talk, they plan, seem to be more able to confront which computer and printer they're going to buy to set up their office a lot more easily than they can just go out and get a new customer, for instance. The truth is that one has to be able to do both, produce and organize to be a truly successful business owner. But the orientation has to be around production, because if there's no production, there'll soon be no business. Now, like I say, I say this cautiously because that is what I see successful entrepreneurs do. They produce. So you might say, well, why is he doing a whole episode on the orientation around production? Well, there's a reason you'll understand in a minute, because this is the only way that those of you who are producing like mad can actually get out of only producing. So without invalidating your orientation to production, we're going to give you some pointers here so you know how to build an organization and actually have a life. But I get a chuckle sometimes from the guy who starts his business with a hundred grand in his bank account or something that he got from somewhere or other, maybe he inherited, maybe he saved it up or took a loan. But uh, you want to know when he starts producing? That's right. When he's down to his last hundred bucks in that account. Up till then, there's a lot of organizing and research going on about how we're going to build this and 
company and do that and but and what kind of marketing strategy we're going to use and who we're going to hire, but no production. So Mr. Hubbard discusses this in a vital article. It's dated 18 June 1985, and it's entitled Product Orientation. And that is what we're going to talk about in this episode. But before we get into it, I want to define a term with you, and that is a term commonly bandied about when discussing Hubbard management, but not necessarily understood. And that is the term product officer. So a product officer is, quote, an executive who controls and operates an organization or portion of an organization and its staff to get production. Production is represented by the gross divisional statistics and valuable final products of the org. Again, org is short for organization. Production is represented by the gross divisional statistics. What's a gross divisional statistic? It's the overall statistic of that division of the organization. It's the gross divisional statistic. And the valuable final products, the products that can be exchanged outside that activity are called valuable final products. So it could be a valuable final product of the marketing division. It would be a fully executed, planned out, researched, and executed marketing campaign. That would be a valuable final product that it can then exchange with the rest of the organization. So the product officer of the marketing division would be the guy who hammer and tongs gets that thing produced somehow on schedule, valuable, final product. Because I to say the product officer of a division or organization is the one who gets other people to work. End quote. So what's a product officer? He's the guy or the gal who goes around and gets people to produce, to do the work, to execute their duties and functions. They stride around the place and they say, where is your production at? They look at the statistics, they look at the volume of products and they go, let's debug this. Let's get more. We need more. Like this isn't going to cut it or it is going to cut it. They can also validate people, but they are product officers. And we've all seen people who are good product officers, and we've all seen people who are bad product officers, so you kind of get the sense of it. A product officer isn't a good product officer because he's mean or ferocious. He's a good product officer because he can get production done by others. That's what defines a good product officer. And uh, in order to survive as an, uh, as an entrepreneur, you better be producing something and you better be getting it exchanged for, you better be getting it paid for, you better be getting that marketing done. So you're probably, if you're a successful entrepreneur at all, unless you're doing all the work yourself and you're a one-man band, if you're running anybody at all and you're getting them to produce, you're a decent product officer. You obviously can, there's technology to that like there is to anything else, but that is what a product officer is and that is what a product officer does. You know, when the receptionist gets a boo-boo, she doesn't go see the product officer. She's going to go see somebody else. She's going to go see somebody in human resources or something like that who's going to take care of the boo-boo. Don't go to the product officer with your boo-boo because he's just going to say or she's going to say, the heck with the boo-boo, where is the product? That's a product officer, okay? Um, You don't have long understanding conversations with product officers generally unless that product officer is also having to do his own establishment, in which case he better listen time to time. At that point, though, he says, okay, I am no longer being the product officer right now. I'm taking off the product officer hat, and I'm going to put on the organizing officer hat, and I'm going to listen to this poor beggar, and he's going to tell me all his problems, and I'm going to listen. Do not, do not approach a product officer when they're in full product officer mode. It's a bad idea. 
wait till he or she is more in an organizing officer mode, or hopefully they have someone at least in the organization, they better, who is responsible for organizing. Organizing means establishing, you know, recruiting people, training them, hatting them, uh, sorting them out when they're stuck and bugged and so on, setting up the line so that production can flow along a uh, production line or a, you know, an assembly line, if you will. I, I don't want to denigrate a production line to only being an assembly line, but an assembly line is an example of a production line. So your product officer is pacing along that assembly line or that production line and making sure every person on that line is getting their products in adequate quality, quantity, and viability. That's your product officer, okay? And you better have one or you better be one or you'll be surprised. There'll be very little production occurring. Obviously, the product officer should be somebody who can actually get those products. Uh, it's kind of annoying to be uh, an expert salesman, for instance, and have being product officer on sales and, you know, the person who's product officer who doesn't know how to sell. So that's generally a product, production officer is a brilliant individual at most of the uh, activity beneath them. And they know what it takes to get a product and they can demand it and they can they can get it on their own or they can get it through you, but they'll get it. That's a product officer. That's what a product officer is. Okay, now let's discuss how you get out of maybe, I don't want to call it a rat race, but you know, if you are totally consumed with being a product officer and that's all you do, it can be very tiresome if if you are the founder of the organization. You're creating that organization and, and part of your motivation for creating that organization is the freedom that having your own company that's helping you to realize your dreams and to produce the products that you have envisioned for society and so forth and the services. And you got to run this thing all the time. You know, uh, it's a good idea to hire a product officer at some point. Uh, they don't mind. They can do that 24-7 because that's what they're hired for. But you're also a planning individual if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you also uh, tend to wear an organizing hat sometimes. You better. So entrepreneur and product officer are not synonymous. But a good entrepreneur generally is a pretty good product officer. All right. So let's move on to this reference. Quote, this is from the article now, uh, 18 June 1985, product orientation. Mr. Hubbard says this, one of the primary duties of a product officer is to look around and find some production to do, end quote. See, that's part of being a product officer. Gosh, I don't know how many times I tell a member, okay, look, you got to start hiring some people. You can't do all the work yourself. And, and so they do. And they hire people and they put them in their organization. And so you walk into the organization, the little office or whatever they got going on, and there's a receptionist, you know, kind of piling her fingernails. And then there's another guy who's gone out for coffee six times that day. And everything seems a little bit slow and slack. And you walk in the back and there is the entrepreneur, business owner, once again, just working his guts out frantically. And you go, why don't you get some of these guys out here that you hired to help? He said, I don't have anything for the do. Uh, you know, I, I'm the only one who knows how to do all this stuff. And then you look under a table or something, and there's all these boxes of, ye you know, yellow invoices. Like, what's all these boxes? Well, those are invoices. From whom? From from customers, of course. I, I get it. Um, have they been entered into the uh, into your database there so that you can market to those guys? Um, no, no, that's a backlog. Can you get some of these guys in here to, to, to start entering this stuff into your database here so we can start writing them some letters and doing some promotion? What about writing some letters? Let me see your letter statistic. 
Letter statistic? What's a letter statistic? <laughs> These are the number of personal letters. Oh, yeah, we got oh, tons of personal letters. Take a look at those personal letters. They're form letters. Why don't we write some personal letters to these people? Like, you got these guys, put them to work. Like, that's part of the function of a product officer. He says here, one of the primary duties of a product officer is to look around and find some production to do. So, you know, as a good product officer, you're also expert in finding things for people to get productive at. Okay. So he says, on an executive post, the formula one operates on is about 50% production and 50% organize. When the organize is superlative and is very well done, and if you're studying the Hubbard Management System, it should be, when the organize is superlative and is very well done while remaining only 50% of the time spent by the executive, it eventually gets up to 75% production and 25% organize. This is approximately the ideal scene. So there's your ratio. Minimally, until you get a really operating uh, activity going and the organization is really good, you're just going to spend about 50% of your time on organization. That would be, now look at, some of you are probably like rolling your eyes like, I would never be able to get to 50% organized. Yes, you can. You might have to start with maybe 10% organized and we're going to have to 20% organized, but you need to get up to this 50-50. And then once your organization is a beautiful thing, it will probably back off to about 75-25. But then he goes on, here's a section. He says, over-organize. Organization is a vital activity. Hello? Did you listen to that one? Organization is a vital activity. Vital means having to do with being alive. So if you want to live, you got to do some of this organization. However, when the amount of organized time starts outweighing the production time, it is an indicator of other outnesses. The purpose for organizing in the first place is so that production can occur. Don't ever get into organize for organized sake. Organizing is for production. So you organize towards production. Is this going to get us more production or isn't it? That should be the question being asked by the person doing the organizing in the place, you or anybody you designate that to. In an area of organize, 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 one will always find crashing. And then he goes into several factors which can hold up things like misunderstood words, false data, etc. Ethical issues, I'm paraphrasing right now because I don't want to give you words that you may not necessarily have cleared yet, but let's just leave it at that. A person has a misunderstood word on what he's supposed to be doing or uh, has false information. He learned it from Papa or learned it from, you know, his buddy or the earlier employee, you know, how to do this function. And it's actually false data. Or maybe they have a few ethical issues that need to be ironed out. Okay. In other words, these are the things which turn people into fiddle, fiddle, organize. So those are the kinds of things. They don't know, they've never been trained. They're not hatted. They have misunderstood words. These are, have false information. They have slight ethical issues or maybe big ones. And these are the kinds of things that will get people into organize, organize, organize. By the way, when you see a lot of that going on, you can suspect those factors are in play. The misunderstoods, the lack of hatting, so on. He goes on to say this. Organize time should not exceed 50% of a person's post time. Uh, keep it no more than 50-50 because if you start getting into too much organized, people get rusty, they get stiff, they don't, they get used to being a little bit slack. You know, this is, you find this sometimes when you send people off for full-time training, not saying that's wrong, but, uh, but you will notice when they've been training full-time that when they come back, it takes them a bit to get into the swing of things sometimes. So keep it around 50-50. So he goes on to say this, it is a responsibility of the executive to keep his staff 
busy producing. Hey, you got people that are slack. You got people who aren't producing. Guess who you need to pin the responsibility on? Mm-hmm. The guy or gal in the mirror, okay? It is a responsibility of the executive to keep his staff busy producing. He goes on to say this. Many people don't like to be executives because they always have to be ransacking around, making sure staff are producing and finding things for them to do. Just realize that's part of your job. If you're a product officer, you better be, okay, what do we got for them to do around here? I had a foreman one time, was a master at this. I, I, you couldn't, you could barely have a cigarette, you know, in the days when we used to do that sort of thing, smoke cigarettes uh, instead of vaping or whatever we do now. But anyway, yeah, we all learned to smoke cigarettes so we could take a break here and there. But you know, the foreman wouldn't let that happen, man. You, he caught you leaning on your shovel. Next thing you know, he had something else for you to do. Well, we've done all our work. Yeah, next thing you know, you're picking up after this or you're cleaning up that or you're polishing the, uh, you know, the trucks or whatever you're doing. This guy was a master product officer. I'll never forget him. His name is Walter Berg. Walter, if you're still around and you happen to listen to this, uh, you were a great mentor as a product officer, that's for sure. Anyway, back up in Resolute Bay, Northwest Territories, if you can believe that. Okay. Now, I repeat, many people don't like to be executives because they always have to be ransacking around, making sure staff are producing and finding things for them to do. But personnel are actually put at risk when they aren't kept in production. Hey, how about that? Listen to that. You could think about it for a country, couldn't you? He says, but personnel are actually put at risk when they aren't kept in production. This country's at risk because people aren't being put into production. But you don't have to dramatize that by doing that in your own company. Keep people productive. You're not doing them any favors by letting them not produce. He says, a big company which suddenly dismisses a lot of personnel simply has shiftless executives who have not found things for the personnel to do. How about that? He goes on to say, even if major production in a particular area is temporarily stopped for some reason, other related or different products and subproducts can be found for the staff to do, which can be done with existing resources. As an example of this, this is Mr. Hubbard's words, as an example of this, suppose one had a movie production company whose camera was out of repair. Though they wouldn't actually be able to put anything on film, there would still be cycles which could be done in the meantime. They could be rounding up props, rehearsing actors, and making sure all the other actions which will be needed to complete that film are done. It is not a slight matter to overlook things like this because somewhere up the track, in the midst of heavy rush production, suddenly one of these overlooked cycles will pop into view, install the whole line while it is done on an emergency basis. That's right. Remember the, the invoices under the desk, under the table? Yeah, well, all of a sudden we have a gross income crunch and we got to do a mailing. Uh, where's all the addresses? Under the table. Why aren't they in the computer? We never got to that. Why? Because some shiftless executive wasn't making sure that everybody stayed busy at productive things. And that's the trick. Don't just keep them busy to be busy, but keep them busy at productive things, things that will line up with the valuable final products of the uh, division or organization. Here's a summary from Mr. Hubbard. The trick of the product officer is to find blank periods and things to put in them. If one gets conditioned to thinking this way, it becomes a very easy job. Otherwise, it's all panic. Product orientation is very important as in the long run. It protects the worker and it gets the show on the road. One can't totally produce or totally organize at any given time. It takes an average between production and organize 
to keep things going. But the whole point is to keep things going and keep products rolling out. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, so there you have it. If you were wondering why, first of all, what is a product officer? Now you know. It's not just somebody who goes around being ferocious. It's somebody who can get others to produce and can find thing, productive things for people to do and get them doing them. Okay, get them wheeling on it, debug it, uh, move them along. There's your product officer. So even if your strength is production, you may find that you didn't quite have the full concept of what is a product officer, as I hope you do now. The other thing to remember is you got to organize. And the correct ratio is about 50-50, at least initially. And uh, you may have to work up to that. If you've been doing nothing but coping in production, and I told you tomorrow to switch over to 50-50, you probably would look at me like I'm crazy, and I probably would be. But you do need to start working up to that 50-50. And then uh, you can always hire a few more people to do production, you know, and get them to do the work. Meanwhile, you organize, because if you don't do that, you'll never have a team, you'll never have an organization, and you'll never be free. Your business becomes your anchor, not your power, and it should be your power. It should be empowering you so that you can raise a great family, so that you can stay healthy, so that you can achieve your spiritual goals, so that you can contribute to the community and society around you. It's really not a valid excuse to, to look at somebody and say, I'd love to help, but I'm so busy, I'm so overworked. Yeah. That's because you don't get it. You don't get this 50-50 and you're not balancing your production and your organization. That's all you're saying. You're saying, I don't quite get it as an executive. I don't get quite get it as a, uh, a business owner. So don't use that excuse because it, uh, it betrays a little bit um, that you need a little more training perhaps or a little more information so that you can really build a true organization. And that's what we need, isn't it? You know, uh, we have 2,000 members in Eastern United States. If every single one of you uh, were to just grab the reins and build a great team and organization using the Hubbard Management System, how many islands of sanity would that be? How many, uh, how influential would such a group be? And of course, we would grow, we would expand because number one surveyed item by entrepreneurs, you know what they need and they want the most? They want a life. And the reason they don't have a life is because they don't balance production organization Maybe they don't really get what a product officer is, and um, and that's why. So, uh, all right. So, I hope you got something out of this one. Uh, let me know. Write us back at info at wiseeastus.org. You can also leave a comment. You can also give us a like if you liked it. And if you didn't like it, go away. No, I'm just kidding. But so far, what we seem to be getting is a lot of positive responses from you on BusinessWise. And we're closing in on 100,000 downloads. Holy cow. Yeah, we never dreamed it would be this much of a success. So we're glad it is. We're glad it's helping people keep your successes coming back to us. We really appreciate them. And that's it for today. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>